and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. Here we are, another episode ready to go. It's the week of May 8th, 2023, just cruising along now. Finally starting to get some warm weather up by me in Chicago. Um, For people in Orlando or Florida or warm weather states, you guys have this pretty much year-round, so uh, just let me enjoy my nice 62-degree uh, day, okay? If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Disney World Today. My DMs on Instagram are always open. If you want to stop by and say hi, let me know what you think of the show. Or if you have ideas for the show, topic ideas, top 10 lists, um, pretty much anything you you know you want to hear me cover uh, on an episode, feel free to send it my way. You guys know I love talking Disney with you. Also, if you're listening to this, if you could... Uh, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review, all of the above. If you do write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. We got some uh, pretty good Disney news this week. Uh, Disney announced that in 2024, the Disney dining plan is returning. And also they are getting rid of the Disney World Park reservation system. Finally, I honestly don't know why it took so long. Uh, When Iger took over, I thought that this was going to happen uh, fairly quickly, and it kind of lasted longer than I thought it would. It was just, I just never saw the point of this, um, except for them just trying to control the crowds and deciding, you know, which, you know, which parks they wanted people to go to and stuff like that. I don't know. The park reservation thing, it was just a hassle. You know, it's one less thing to worry about now, at least when you're uh, planning your Disney vacation. So that's good, at least. And the, uh, the Disney dining plan. See, I've never been on or used the Disney dining plan, so I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert on it. I don't really have a huge opinion on it, but uh, I've heard good things. You know, a lot of people are happy that that's, you know, finally coming back. Um, I did read something on Twitter I thought was interesting. Someone made a good point on, you know, the reservation system and the Disney dining plan returning. You know, they were saying, like, they're, they're not sure Disney's ready for these to kind of return to how they used to be, you know, especially with the Disney dining plan. Uh, they're making reference to how, you know, it kind of seems like Disney is still understaffed, especially like when it comes to food service and I think also like just um, custodial service and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I do know a lot of people are kind of happy. And yeah, you know what? Maybe this is a sign of good things to come that, you know, things are starting to kind of return to normal to how they were, you know, before the pandemic. Last week on the podcast, we had some fun. We talked about the potential of Disney building a third water park. Now, this is one I, you know, I've never heard anyone else kind of talk about. You know, whenever you think about Disney and building, it's always new hotels, new rides, and like the big one is, oh, when are they going to build, you know, a fifth theme park? I, I rarely ever hear anyone bring up, hey, how about another water park? You know, because at a point in time, Disney did have three water parks in. Typhoon Lagoon, Blizzard Beach, and River Country. And, you know, River Country was kind of at that point, once, uh, you know, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach were taking off, you know, River Country kind of just fell by the wayside, you know, started to kind of get a little run down. They had some issues. They shut it down and then eventually finally closed it in like 2001 or something like that. Um, so there was some overlap there where there were three open and operational water parks on Walt Disney World property. And it's something, you know, I I spent pretty much the entire episode trying to make the point that do they need it? Not necessarily, no. But a third water park would do nothing but help kind of balance out the crowds. You know, there's really no down period at Disney anymore. Not like there used to be. You know, when I was a kid, it was like February, you know, before Thanksgiving, right after New Year's, you know, stuff like that. Now it just seems like it seems like there's just a steady crowd, you know, each and every month. So a third water park, one, I just think it would be cool. Two, I think it would help balance out the crowds in general. And three, you know, it also keep the keep the water parks, you know, not as crowded as well. You know, we always go every summer in July. You know, in Typhoon Lagoon, Blizzard Beach, they can get pretty packed and pretty crowded. You know, there'd be times where they would actually close them. You know, due to capacity, if you had a third water park, that probably wouldn't be an issue. 
This week on the podcast, we're having some fun again. As always, you guys know I love my top 10 list, and we're doing one again today. We're doing top 10 hidden gems at Walt Disney World. This is one I had a lot of fun doing. I, I was going through my list of topics that I keep, and you know I, I haven't done a, a, a ranking list in a while, a top 5 or a top 10, so I was trying to find one to do. You know, and uh, top 10 hidden gems, you know, it's the, the big question I had to myself. I said, self, what's the difference between hidden gems and underrated? And the way I looked at it for my list is that I feel like when something's underrated, it's it's known, it's popular in certain, you know, in certain groups. It's it's different in that I feel like a hidden gem is something that's like literally not talked about. So an example I always say, you know, two of the most underrated attractions at Walt Disney World are the People Mover and Living with the Land. And I say they're underrated, but they're popular. You know, people know the People Mover. People know Living with the Land. There's a following. People love those attractions. It's not just me. Whereas I feel like a hidden gem is something that's not talked about. Like, you know, the People Mover, you know, I don't think is a hidden gem because it's you know, it's right there front and center. It's been around a while. There's a cult following. It's, you know, a, a staple of uh, Tomorrowland. Same thing with Living with the Land. I feel like it's popular enough where it can't be considered a hidden gem. So that's kind of the way I looked at it. Uh, but yeah, there are some similarities between like a hidden gems list and an underrated list. But we're just having some fun here on the Disney World Today podcast. Last week, I also uploaded a little bonus episode of little park music. Uh, this time the song from Space Mountain, especially the cue, uh, it's called Star Tunnel. And I guarantee uh, as soon as you hear it, it'll uh, bring back a rush of memories. Because I know when I hear that song, the first thing that I think of, like it transports me back in time to when I was like a kid or a teenager getting a paper fast pass for Space Mountain and me and my sister or my mom or my cousin like almost sprinting through the fast pass line through that long like winding queue um to get onto the ride at space mountain so upload that partly because you know as i mentioned last week there's a new feature now if you want to contribute to the the podcast be a supporter uh you can find it on my instagram links or on spotify you just click on support this podcast and we had a uh, a few uh new contributors last week uh so as a thank you i wanted to upload uh, some park music. That's all I got for this intro. Here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So when I was coming up with my list for today's episode, uh, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. You know, this isn't something uh, I've thought about a lot. There are certain Disney topics where uh, I've found myself throughout the years, like always coming back and thinking about, you know, usually when it comes to like new attractions or rides and, you know, creativity and imagineering, like stuff like that. So sitting down and, you know, trying to think of hidden gems at Walt Disney World was a little tough. You know, I've been to Disney so many times and I, you know, I know I like the back of my hand. It's tough sometimes because I, I try to put myself in the shoes of others, you know, people maybe who haven't been to Disney as often, um, you know, casual listeners, people like that who are genuinely interested in finding out about these hidden gems and maybe they don't know that much about. So the first one on my list is actually one I thought of at the very last minute because of a conversation I had with my neighbor, actually. Uh, it's, you know, like I said, we've had some nice days out. He was sitting outside with his wife. You know, we started talking. Um, and he uh, he's a big Disney guy. He's older. He's retired. And he's going to Disney with his son and grandson uh, in June. So we're talking about Disney. And this brings us to my number 10. My number 10 is the Art of Animation Resort. And the reason I bring up the story with my neighbor is he was talking about how he was all excited to go because his grandson, his favorite movie, his favorite Disney character, he is obsessed with Lightning McQueen and Cars. So they're going to be staying at the you know Art of Animation in the Cars section. And it just kind of got me thinking, you know, just talking to him and, and just thinking in general, like, 
The Art of Animation Resort, I have, I know I've said is underrated. Um, and I do still kind of think it's a hidden gem because it's a value resort that does not really look or feel like a value resort. I think there may be people out there who maybe they haven't been to Disney yet or only a few times when they're looking through the list of resorts. You know, maybe they see Art of Animation, you know, under the value resort tab and just automatically skip it. Like, no, I don't want to stay at a value resort. It's probably cheap or cheesy or it's just for kids. When I feel like it has so much to offer and just talking with my neighbor and, on how his grandson absolutely loves it and he's so excited because there's an entire section of the hotel you know of the resort that's themed off of cars land you know the, the resort even if, if you have a little kid and you know one of their favorite movies is cars finding nemo little mermaid or lion king like this is probably the resort to stay at because you can say they're just based on the theming and the decorations and like the um uh, you know, like the, not the statues, but like the sculptures and, and, and stuff they have, you know, just kind of around the resort. So like in the car section, you can get your picture taken with Lightning McQueen and Tomater and some of the other characters from the Cars movie. You can sit in, you know, a cozy cone and, you know, the, the room is themed off of cars. You can sit on a bed that looks like a, you know, a car shaped bed or whatever. So kids will love it. You know, the Finding Nemo pool, the, the Cars pool. Uh, and then adults, you're paying, you know, value, value resort prices for a room that's, you know, a lot of them are the junior suite. So like my family, we would stay there because there would be, you know, five of us and with the extra bedroom and like the mini kitchenette area, the two bathrooms, like it was perfect for us. Because when you stay at like Pop Century or All Star, you're just getting your basic hotel room of, you know, two beds and a bathroom. You know, that's not that doesn't work for us. You know, we're, we're too old. We're too big. Um, but with the car suite or at Art of Animation, you know, we had the, the two sofa beds. We had, you know, my parents had their own bedroom and their own bathroom. You know, we had our own bathroom. We had the kitchen area, you know, with a microwave and a little sink. Like, it was absolutely perfect for us. You guys know I've talked about the resort in, in separate episodes. I love the food court. I love the pools. I love being able to, you know, your five-minute walk from anywhere on the property, you know, to the main lobby. Um, you can walk to Pop Century. They have the Skyliner there now. So I think, still, I think Art of Animation is somewhat of a hidden gem just based on everything that they have to offer for kids, you know, teenagers, adults, like people of all ages. So my number 10 pick is going to be Art of Animation. For my number 9 pick, kind of related to uh, Art of Animation, my number 9 pick, Hotel Pool Bars. Now, this is, I feel like, is something that's not talked about a lot uh, in regards to Disney. When you're thinking about Disney and Disney resorts, usually the things that come to mind are, you know, what's the theming? What's the price? Is it a, is it a deluxe? Is it a value? Is it a moderate? You know, are there good restaurants there? Is there transportation? Can we take the monorail? Is there a boat? You know, oh, it, does it have a good pool? What are the amenities? And I feel like it's very rarely talked about the pool bar areas. Now, part of the reason why I bring this up, Art of Animation, I always thought had one of the, be the best ones called the drop-off. Um, maybe this one is just for adults only, you know, when your kids are hanging out at the pool or you're, you know, you're going, let's say you're going to Disney with other, other families, you can hang out, you know, at the bar area at the pool. You know, what, what I like most about the, the specific one at Art of Animation, the drop-off, so, like, we would get back, you know, from the parks, let's say, late at night, 11, 12, maybe a little later. Everything's closed. The food court's closed. Um, you know, you, we're, the pool is closed. But the pool bar area had the fountain drinks for your refillable mugs right there, always open 24-7. So we were able to, you know, walk back to the room, grab our mugs, you know, maybe get some lemonade, get a nice Coke, a Powerade, whatever it was. You know, we liked that. We always took advantage of that, you know, especially after a late night at the parks. Um, you know, unless you have some stocked away in your mini fridge, like what else are you going to do? Uh, another example from our last trip, well, we were at the Magic Kingdom and we were getting ready to leave and we took the boat. So we were waiting for the boat and it just, it took forever, or at least it seemed like. And my wife and I were very hungry, uh, borderline hangry. And, and as we're waiting in line, for the boat, we're kind of thinking like, what are we going to do about food? Um, we were taking it 
back to Wilderness Lodge because we had a breakfast re- reservation there where our car was. We're like, okay, I guess do we wait and go all the way back to Art of Animation and eat there? You know, what should we do? We didn't grab a snack at the Magic Kingdom. So we were looking up food options at Wilderness Lodge and the, um, you know, the quick service area inside the, inside the hotel. She didn't really love all the food options. They're like, oh, great. What are we going to do now? Then we're looking and we find that the, the bar at the pool, I, I, I'm going to have to look up in a second here what, uh, what it was called again. The food options there were great. They had like nachos and sandwiches and burgers. So we ordered food on the, uh, the Disney app. To get picked up there and we ordered like nachos and stuff and like it was so good i would have never guessed that the bar area out by the pool would have like such a good selection of food and drinks so that one at wilderness lodge is called geyser point that's where we got uh, our food and that came in clutch and you know a lot of the hotels have them um the polynesian has a good one plenty of options there it, it gives you more options gives you things to do gives you more food and drink options you know each one's like a little different like at art of animation you know you're not going out there and getting nachos and a bunch of food but you know maybe you want you want a nice drink maybe you want a uh, an adult beverage as you're you know watching your kids play in the pool and then you know wilderness lodge had that more of kind of like sports bar feel to it with good food options you can kind of hang out there and uh it gives you it gives you something to do especially if you're you know older Maybe you're going as a younger couple or adults without kids. Just kind of gives you options. And I feel like it's something that's not talked about a lot. It's kind of overlooked, or in this case, uh, somewhat of a hidden gem. So my number nine pick, I'm going to go with the pool bars. For my number eight pick here, let's head on over to Epcot. And not to keep bringing up alcoholic beverages, but my number eight pick is wine tasting at Epcot's World Showcase. Now, I'm not the biggest drinker, and I'm definitely not the biggest uh, wine connoisseur. Um, I don't really love wine, uh, but the fact that you could do this, I just think is pretty cool. So, I think they call it the Wine Walk, and there's three locations at World Showcase, uh, Germany, Italy, and France, and you can try different wines there. And it's something my, my mom and my sister have done, my wife has done it. Um, and it's just something cool to do, you know, if you're, if you're there and it's not the food and wine festival. This is uh, just a small way to get that same type of vibe where you can kind of go around and try, you know, different drinks from around the world. And, you know, wine is something it, I wouldn't go out of my way, you know, to drink it. But at Disney World Showcase, you know, I, I definitely had a few sips of my wife's uh, when she was trying them. I just think it's cool. You know, I, at this point in my life, um, I like kind of going around and trying different foods and drinks. And even though I'm not a big drinker or a big wine guy, I think it is cool to, you know, do a type of like wine flight uh, from different countries around the world. And it's something too where, you know, people love to drink around the world. Like that's like the biggest thing. And I think it's gotten a little overblown. It can get a little sloppy, a little messy. Um, this is a good way to kind of keep it uh, a little more sophisticated and not get super drunk. You know, just try different wines and you can tell people, oh, I, you know, I tried some wines from Italy, some, you know, from France, from Germany. I think that's pretty cool to talk about. So uh, my number eight pick, the wine flight, the wine tasting uh, at Epcot's World Showcase. With my number seven pick here, I'm going to go with the free Disney picture you get for having a Disney Visa card. Now this one I know from personal experience. My family, uh, my mom always had the Disney Visa. Um, I think she got it originally. I think she just had it. And then she kind of realized, you know, you can get some like kind of Disney perks with it. I think you get, I don't know if you still do. I need to look it up because I have one and I haven't, I, but I got one recently. Um, but you used to get discount at Disney restaurants with it. I think it was only like 10% or something, but still, you know, that kind of adds up when you're at Disney. Uh, but one of the perks is you get a free picture uh, with characters. And I don't know if there's more than one location, but I know the main location we always went to uh, was at Epcot. So if you have a Disney Visa card, you get a free picture. And why this is a hidden gem, most people have credit cards. Most people may have a Disney Visa card and not even know you get a free picture and I mean, come on, it's fr- it's something that is free at Disney, which how rare is that? 
Um, and I remember the first time we found out that they had this, we didn't know about it. You know, this is kind of, it had to be pre smartphones. Um, and it's not something that's like, I never felt like was super advertised at the park or anything. Uh, but we were just walking through Epcot. Uh, the, the picture spot used to be at innovations. Uh, and I remember just walking past and they had a sign that was like, uh, Disney visa, you know, card holders enter here or something like that. My mom asked the cast member like, Oh, what's this for? And she told her, it's like, Oh, you get a free picture if you have a Disney visa card. And my mom's like, well, I have a visa card. I just can, you know, we can just get in line and get a free picture. And she's like, yeah. So we got in line and we took a picture. I think it was like Mickey and Minnie and Pluto. And it's like very personalized. Like you can kind of take your time. You don't have to feel rushed and just kind of take a bunch of different photos, as many as you want, really, uh, with the different characters. And then you can go to one of the one of the um, locations, I think, by the front entrance uh, and pick it out and actually get a free photo. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe this is something that's very popular and everyone knows about. But I definitely feel like it's not that popular. Like, it took us a while to catch on. And now, like, every time we go, it's like, oh... Hey, we got to go. We got to go get our free picture because you can, I can guarantee you uh, that anything that's free at Disney, we're, uh, we're going to take advantage of it. And I've always enjoyed it. We've got some, you know, good family pictures uh, throughout the years doing this. Um, I just always liked how personable it was. Like you didn't have to feel rushed. You know, you're not standing in line outside waiting to see a character and you have like a limited amount of time because there's other people in line. Like this one, you can kind of take your time take as many pictures as you want, different combinations, you know, just mom and dad, mom and the kids, dad and the kids, etc. Uh, and I've always just kind of enjoyed it. So for my number seven pick, I think this one actually might be a true hidden gem, the free Disney Visa picture. Moving right along to my number six pick now, we're going to head over to Fort Wilderness. My number six pick is the horse-drawn carriage uh, experience at the Fort Wilderness campgrounds. Now, I was going to change this and include the Tri-Circle D Ranch, um, the, uh, basically the ranch at Fort Wilderness where you could go horseback riding, but I believe that's closed. Like, I, I think they closed that. Um, they were starting to build over there. So I decided to just kind of keep it with the horse-drawn carriage. This is something I feel like is definitely a hidden gem. I feel like it's not talked about or advertised a lot at all and you may you know maybe you only know of it if you've stayed at fort wilderness but you can go on a horse-drawn carriage experience that kind of takes you on a tour uh, around the campgrounds and the cabins and the entire fort wilderness property and it's your standard you know horse and carriage um this is something i would definitely do you know if i ever ended up staying there even even if i i didn't i think it'd be something cool whether you're you know taken just like your wife or girlfriend and you're just doing like a couple's date or you know maybe you take your family i think it's just something cool it's something different you know especially you know at fort wilderness um it's it's a huge property and depending on the time of year you know a lot of the people that are staying there they decorate for halloween and christmas so maybe you know maybe around christmas time you're at disney with your family and you, you kind of want to do something different that's not just, you know, going to a theme park and you, you rent a, uh, you know, horse-drawn carriage and get, you know, kind of get a tour around the campsite, see all the decorations, you know, maybe enjoy like the cooler, crisper air and can make it, you know, kind of feel like a Christmas experience. I know they have those types of things here in downtown Chicago. Uh, you can do like a horse-drawn carriage thing. It's normally like 20 degrees and just absolutely miserable. Uh, so doing one at Fort Wilderness at Disney World uh, sounds a little better. You know, I, I the, the Tri-Circle D Ranch, you know, the horseback riding that's there or was there. Um, you know, my, my mom and sister did that a few times. And that I always thought that was cool too. Like just, I don't think I'll ever go horseback riding again, you know, and I don't know where else I would do it. Uh, but if I could do it in one place, you know, again, Disney World would probably be my pick, you know, a place where... I feel safe, you know, I, a place I want to kind of explore and visit. So um, this one is, again, I think this one's definitely a hidden gem. Um, I think the only time I've ever seen it advertised is when we would go eat at Trails End uh, for breakfast. They had like a sign 
uh, kind of like right out there that just kind of advertise, you know, the horse-drawn carriages. Like I haven't seen it anywhere else. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Uh, so if you've done this or seen it, uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm interested to see, you know, what you thought of it. So that's my number six pick, the horse-drawn carriage experience at Fort Wilderness. All right, so we've made it to the top five now. Uh, Again, this list was pretty tough for me, but for my number five pick, I'm going to go with street performers. Uh, So basically, around Walt Disney World, you'll notice around the parks, they'll have like different street performers and different like entertainment options that you could see just walking around the park. And the first one that came to mind, um, my all-time favorite, one I've been obsessed with since I was uh, a kid, the Jammeters at Epcot. I will never forget the first time that I saw them at Epcot. I remember walking with my family. We're sitting there, and all of a sudden, these three uh, cast member custodians you know, come walking around the corner. They're actually like picking up garbage. They have garbage cans and brooms and stuff. All of a sudden, they start like playing the drums on their garbage cans, and it turned into like the coolest like music performance I have ever seen. And this is like probably I probably saw them for the first time. I want to say maybe like early two thousands. So this is like big when, um, what was that movie? Was it called Stomp? It was kind of like a bunch of stuff like that during the early two thousands where people were like making music with like everyday items and their body parts. Um, this was like the same type of thing. Like they're playing the drums on, on garbage cans, metal garbage cans and lids and using, you know, like cleaning stuff like, you know, buckets and broomsticks and stuff like that. And I instantly thought it was the coolest thing I had ever seen. So much so that, um, I remember, I, th- I, th- I know one of the trips we got it like on video, like we recorded them, we got to, you know, record their performance. So I get home from vacation. I had to show my buddy, Brian. Like, hey, look at these cool jammeters at Epcot. They're playing music on garbage cans. And we went into my backyard and his backyard, and we were banging on trash cans, on metal pots and pans, making our own backyard music. Uh, I'm pretty sure we, like, recorded it, like, off of his flip phone. Like, I'm pretty sure there was a point in time where my goal in life was to be a jammeter at Epcot. Unfortunately, that never happened, but... I, you can never take away those memories of uh, me and me and Brian playing uh, the drums on garbage cans in our parents' backyard. And uh, later on in life, I did uh, briefly become a janitor, so I guess uh, I'll have to settle for that. You know, besides the janitors, I think a, a popular one are the Dapper Dans. You know, a lot of music, uh, like singing groups, a cappella. Um, they have like comedy groups at Hollywood Studios. I think they were called the Citizens of Hollywood. Um, I always enjoyed like the music ones. I love music, you know, growing up, I, I was in band. Uh, I played saxophone, uh, later on I learned how to play the drums. And, you know, like I mentioned my buddy, Brian, like we had our own little band. So we loved all the music ones. I've always loved the music ones, you know, whether it's the, the singers, um, the jammeters, uh, I always like just a classic marching band. You know, I had always heard stories and seen like videos and pictures of like the famous, like Disneyland marching band. And as a kid, I have brief, memories of seeing some sort of marching band uh at disney world the magic kingdom so i always like i loved stuff like that i remember at hollywood studios there was uh there was a street performance group called uh was it mulch sweat and shears i think like they were themed after like landscapers and they would pull up like in this pickup pickup truck that looked like they're gonna start like trimming the bushes and stuff and they'd start playing like rock music and stuff I loved them too because that was like right around the time where like I was playing drums and I was into like music and performance and performing and and concerts and stuff and I was I just remember thinking like it would be so cool to play you know cool music like this uh, at Disney you know more than just music ones um, like the like I mentioned the citizens of Hollywood have more eh, they're more of like a comedic group you know uh, you can find like uh, almost like like mimes slash like magicians you know around like world showcase france i've seen them at the boardwalk um i mentioned in a previous episode when i was a kid i remember being at the boardwalk and they had this uh performer i think his name was the professor and he was just basically like this nerdy guy 
uh, that was doing just a bunch of like, I don't know, basic like magic tricks and comedic acts and stuff. And I just remember my family like just loved that. We were laughing so hard. My grandpa would always bring it up. Uh, so all around Walt Disney World, all the parks, there's always like stuff going on. Like you could just be sitting there eating an ice cream cone. All of a sudden, you know, a bunch of performers will come up, you know, 10 feet from you and start singing or doing an act. And like you get like a front row seat and it's something it's it's entertaining it's different. It's something that doesn't have to be advertised, I don't think. I think they're the best when it just happens uh, naturally and randomly, and it's like a surprise to whoever's around. And I think because of all that, it kind of makes it a hidden gem. So for my number five pick, I'm going to go with all of the street performers at Walt Disney World. All right, let's move on to my number four pick. For my number four pick, I'm going to go with the Electrical Water Pageant Show over by the Magic Kingdom area that takes place uh, on Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake. This is one of those shows I feel like has been around forever and is not really talked about anymore. And unless you're staying at one of those resorts or happen to be leaving the Magic Kingdom when it's going on, you probably have no idea that it exists. You know, like I said, I feel like it's been around forever. Like I have a lot of memories more of it like when I was a kid. I don't know why. Um, you know, there's one specific memory uh, in my head. I remember I was probably around 14 years old, and it was the last night of our Disney vacation, and we were staying at Wilderness Lodge, and we were taking the boat from the Magic Kingdom back to our hotel. You know, we stayed at the Magic Kingdom until it closed, or at least it felt like it, so it was later at night. And I remember being on the boat, it's just me, my dad, my, my mom and my sister, and we're sitting there and, you know, it's the last night of a Disney vacation. And when you're, when you're someone like, like us, I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate. Like that's a tough feeling when, you know, you only go on one Disney trip a year for us. Like it was, we would go in, um, you know, like late July. So that means as soon as vacation's over and I, we go back, like school starting in a couple weeks, like it would, it would get emotional. Like I would be sad as a kid, 14 years old, like I would actually legitimately like be close to tears uh, on that last night. I just remember riding back, and it was it was one of those warm Florida nights where it kind of there was like a hint of rain in the air, and we're on the boat back to Wilderness Lodge, and it was the most like calm and relaxing, quietest night I could ever remember, and we're just sitting there in silence. And we're, we're taking the boat back as like the water pageant is kind of going on. And we kind of watched it as we were on our way back uh, to Wilderness Lodge. And we didn't really say any words. They were, you know, we just kind of all just sat there and just watched it. And we all knew like this is our last night. This is like the last thing we're going to experience. Like let's just soak it up, enjoy it. And it was just, I just remember it being so quiet and just seeing uh, the floats with all the lights and you know, the themed after like different sea creatures and like there's like an American flag one and I believe there's like music. Um, so that's like the core memory for me of the, uh, the the pageant that sticks out. I think it's something cool like if you're staying at one of those resorts, you know, it's something uh, you can take advantage of and enjoy, you know, from your resort. Um, and like I said, it's, it's something small. It's something they don't really advertise, but it's cool. You know, it's a bunch of different floats. It's basically a parade you know, on water without like the live characters, you know, it's, it's just the way they do it is very like elegant and, and prestigious. Like it, it's different, you know, it's definitely different. It's unique. And, uh, if you're around that area, uh, it's definitely worth, uh, seeing and taking advantage of. So my number four pick the electrical water pageant. All right. Top three. Now, here we go for my number three pick. Oh, this is tough. Which one do I want to go with? I'm already doubting my list here. For my number three pick, I'm going to go with the Behind the Seeds Tour uh, at Epcot's Living with the Land. I think we can all agree that uh, we love living with the land. Um, I've always kind of mentioned it as one of the most underrated attractions at Walt Disney World because it's unique. It's one of a kind. I know it's not a fast, thrilling ride. It's you know, slow-moving boat ride, and you get to watch food grow. Like, I could get how a casual fan would not really get it or enjoy it, but I think it's 
amazing. I think it's unique. I think it's so cool how you're at a theme park and they're growing their own like crops and fruits and vegetables and you get to see it and they have these giant greenhouses and they're you know using new scientific research to see how different things grow and fish farming and all this stuff like i just think it's so cool you know it's it's educational and nerdy yes but it's also cool and at this attraction living with the land they have a behind the seeds tour so basically you can get a, a behind the scenes vip walking tour of pretty much everything that goes on behind the scenes at Living with the Land. Like, one of these, you know, arguably one of the most popular attractions uh, at Epcot, at Walt Disney World. It seems like it's definitely grown in popularity over the years. And here you are, a chance to kind of go behind the scenes and see how they do everything. How do they grow these crops? Like, what kind of, you know, scientific research are they actually doing? What are they practicing? Like, all these cool things. And it, I feel like it's, you know, of all the tours that Disney offers, that's like the one that like isn't talked about the most, you know, I think everyone talks about like the keys to the kingdom, like the VIP tour at the Magic Kingdom. There's like the behind the scenes tour at Animal Kingdom, um, like by the safari where you can kind of like get up and close with animals. Like, obviously, I get why those are more popular, but I feel like the behind the scenes tour, the price now, I looked up the price, and I could be wrong here, but online it said it was like 29 bucks a person. And for like an hour behind the scenes tour, that's one of the best values in all of Walt Disney World. And whether you're big into, you know, the agriculture and science and all this stuff or not, I think it's something really cool that you should do. You should definitely check out whether you're a big fan of the ride or not. It's something that's different. It's something that's unique and can, you know, kind of, you know, actually help you learn some stuff too. So for those reasons, and plus the fact that I, you know, love living with the land, my number three pick is going to be the behind the seeds tour. All right, top two, here we go. These, these, uh, these, these two are pretty much related. So first for my number two pick, I'm going to go with Rafiki's Planet Watch at the Animal Kingdom. I'll never forget the first time we uh, we did this attraction. We this had to be right around the time the park opened. I was probably close to eight, nine, ten years old, something like that. It was a little different back then. We were a little different. Um, so when you when you technically do the Rafiki's Planet Watch attraction, you have to take a train. And I remember we took the train, and it's a very slow moving train. You don't really see too much. And we took it from, it seemed like, from some random place to another random place. And I don't think we did anything. I think we got off the train and thought that was it and just got back on and took it back to, like, the main, you know, part of Animal <laughs> animal Kingdom. And I swear, it wasn't until I was, like, 26 that we tried it again. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I'm not going to lie, guys. Like, I was like, oh, my God. I think I actually, actually I probably said, holy crap. This has been here the whole time? Like, how have I missed this? So Rafiki's Planet Watch, if you haven't done it, it's at Animal Kingdom. Um, first, you take, like, this train, almost at, somewhat similar to, like, the train at the Magic Kingdom. Slow moving, and you just kind of take it to another part of the park. Um, you know, along the way, you don't really see much, I think, is part of the problem. But you do kind of see behind the scenes where they keep a lot of the animals, so I kind of think that was cool. But once you get there, it's basically like this big, like, conservation station. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So you get to this, like, conservation area. There's, like, um, there's kind of, like, this path that kind of takes you to the main building. And along the way, there's, like, different cutouts of Rafiki and other Disney characters. And there's, like, animal facts and stuff. Then you get to this big center, and it's basically, like, a big educational center 
on animals and conservation. I just think it's so cool. Um, you know, the last time we were there, um, I remember they were doing like this kind of, uh, there was like these two cast members with like this giant parrot. I believe it was a giant parrot. Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of talking and, and just kind of explaining of what kind of bird it was and all these facts about it. And then afterwards, they were letting you like kind of come up and take your picture with it. So I think my wife got her picture taken with it. Um, and then the craziest thing. So while you're in there, there's like so much to, to kind of see and walk around. And a lot of it's a it's a great place for like educational stuff on animals and conservation. And in the one area is a viewing area of like like where they operate on some of the animals there at Animal Kingdom. And while we're there, uh, we're kind of standing in front of the glass. We see like nurses or something, you know, starting to get ready. And one of the cast members, cast members on our side of the glass said something like, oh, it's your lucky day. You're about to see them operate or work on a, I think it was a cheetah or a leopard. I'm pretty sure it was a cheetah. And we're like, oh my God. And then you see him like bring in this huge, beautiful animal on, you know, on unconscious on the table. And they're, you know, I don't know what the surgery was or what they were checking out. I think, I think the animal was sick or they were worried that uh, it swallowed something like hazardous. But the fact that we got to see that up close and the fact that you could be there anytime and they could bring in like a cheetah or a turtle or a bird or, you know, whatever, absolutely mind blowing to me. I thought it was so cool. You know, they have, besides that, they have, like, just a bunch of different, like, informational things and, like, just different, like, display windows. You can see, like, what the animals eat, and there, there's one about, like, bugs and reptiles. I just thought it was so cool. You know, I, I love animals. I think, you know, I have two dogs, so it's a little different than, you know, like a safari where you're seeing cheetahs and exotic birds and, and iguanas and stuff. But I love animals. My wife loves animals. And uh, we just find, found it so cool. And, you know, maybe the best part is you could kind of go into, like, the outdoor part. And it's like a giant petting zoo. You can pet, like, pigs and, and goats. And I think they had a, a giant cow or bull and maybe a few other animals, like sheep and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how has this been there the whole time? We spent so much time going around. They give you, like, these little brushes. And you can pet, like, the pigs and goats and stuff with these brushes it was just so much fun like it was very hands-on very educational and you know maybe i'm the minority here but i like i totally forgot that that existed uh at animal kingdom like we were just kind of thrown off you know from our first trip when it was just like this kind of boring train ride to nowhere you know i hate to say it, but that's what we thought it was uh and now it's like oh i love going there even if we go there and just kind of walk around and pet some goats and pigs and stuff, I think it's pretty cool. So for my number two pick, I'm going to go with Rafiki's Planet Watch. All right, we made it to my number one. Like I said, this one is kind of related to my number two pick. My number one pick, Hidden Gems at Walt Disney World. I'm going to go with Animal Kingdom Lodge. Now, why do I think it's a hidden gem? When you think Disney World, I... And you think Disney World resorts, like the best, most luxurious, you know, deluxe resorts. Like, what do you think of or what, is the, what do most people think of? In my opinion, I feel like it's, you know, contemporary, Grand Floridian, Polynesian. Like, those are the big three. Everyone thinks about those. You know, you have Wilderness Lodge. You have some of these new ones like the Riviera. Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, I still truly believe is a hidden gem. It's not talked about enough. It it deserves to be in the conversation of the best resort at Walt Disney World from top to bottom. Um, the, the reason I say that, like, when, when you're ranking resorts or thinking about which ones are the best, I think you have to take everything into consideration. Theming, price, location, amenities, everything like that. This is a hotel in Walt Disney World where you can see giraffes. Like, can we just think about that for a second? Like, they have pretty much a safari on property where you can look out your window in the morning and see giraffes and zebras and a bunch of other animals. Like, that, that in itself, I think, makes it a hidden gem. 
that in itself, I think, sets it apart. You know, the theming. It's one of the best-themed resorts on Walt Disney World property. Um, the location, you know, maybe it's it's you know it's kind of off by itself, but it's close to Animal Kingdom at least. You know, and it's out. You have plenty of room. You're not feeling too congested. The rooms are nice. They have plenty of, of amenities. They have a pool, fitness center, everything like that. A uh, quick service area. You know, an animal viewing area. So if you know, even if you can't see them from your room, you can kind of go outside and uh, see the animals. You know, from you know, two minutes from your hotel room. You know, I I just think. Like, like I said, it's never really in the conversation of best Disney resort or, you know, the most luxurious or anything like that. It's always like the big three. Um, I just think it, it needs to be talked about more. It's it's such a cool resort. You know, I, I really want to stay here soon. Um, I still remember the first time my parents thought about buying Disney Vacation Club was right when they opened up the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And we went to the store uh, here in Schaumburg, Illinois, they had a, um, I forget, I forget what it was called, but it was basically a Disney vacation club store at a mall and you'd go in and they had like exact replicas of the rooms. And we sat there and we sat inside one of the animal kingdom lodge rooms and they gave my parents the pitch on why they should buy and all that stuff. Unfortunately, we didn't end up getting it, but you know, we still love the resort. They have good food options, you know, quick service. Boma is there. Probably my new favorite breakfast spot. Uh, the pool area is great. You know, they have the villas, the, 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 the regular rooms. So Animal Kingdom Lodge is... I'm trying to think. Like, is it the most immersive hotel on Walt Disney World property? Not counting the new, you know, Star Wars uh, Star Cruiser thing. I'm not going to count that one. But I think it, I think Animal Kingdom Lodge might be it. Like the one that's like the best themed, the most immersive. Like you, when you're there, you do not feel like you're in Orlando, Florida. You think you're on some safari in Africa or something like that. So hopefully, I'm not going out on a limb here and putting this at number one. I I I think it is a hidden gem. I don't think it's talked about enough. I think it's still kind of overlooked. It's still somewhat of a newer hotel. You know, if you were talking to casual Disney fans. You know, I think they would know the Polynesian and the Contemporary and maybe even the Grand Floridian, whereas I don't think, you know, the casual general public would know about Animal Kingdom Lodge. So I'm going to stick with it. That's my number one pick. Let me know what you guys think. But Animal Kingdom Lodge is my number one Disney World hidden gem. I only had a uh, kind of few hidden um, honorable mentions. Uh, I had the piano bar at Port Orleans Riverside. I had the walking trails around the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, specifically, there's like a walking path from Fort Wilderness to Wilderness Lodge. There's walking paths around the Magic Kingdom Resort areas. There's you know, some trails um, by Pop Century and Art of Animation, you know, the boardwalk area. I've just always enjoyed, you know, getting, um, getting some good exercise in there while I'm on vacation. And then I also just had some of the other kind of behind-the-scenes tours uh, that are offered at Walt Disney World. But that's my list, my top 10 hidden gems at Walt Disney World. It, it was tough. It was tough for me to think of hidden gems. I had to Google some stuff, but for the most part, like, this list was all from, you know, the top of my head. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. You know, thank you guys, as always, for listening, whether you're a new listener, a first-time listener, or a returning listener, you guys are the best. I do apologize if my voice seems a little off. I had some sort of cold or flu or something where I've just been kind of fighting it all week. So uh, hopefully it wasn't too noticeable or too bad. But that pretty much wraps up everything I have on the top 10 hidden gems at Walt Disney World. Um, I got some got some fun and exciting episodes coming up already kind of working on next week's episode because i just i love i love doing it you know i love in 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 the minimal free time that i have left i do enjoy kind of sitting down and you know writing up my notes and stuff for each episode but uh we'll get to those in the following weeks uh if you haven't already follow me on instagram tiktok youtube disney world today my dms on instagram are always open I've been talking to a bunch of you guys on there. Uh, if you want to stop by and say hi, let me know what you think of the show. 
Uh, if you see something cool, Disney-related posts or reels, you know, feel free to send it my way. If you have ideas for the show, topic ideas, episode ideas, top ten lists, anything like that, you guys, you guys know I'm always uh, listening and, and down to do a topic on, based on your suggestion. Also, if you can hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review. And if you do write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. Also, if you want to contribute and support the show, uh, it's much appreciated. It kind of helps me uh, prioritize this and put more effort into it and keep these going. Uh, You can do that. The links are on my Instagram and on Spotify. Just click support this podcast, everything. You know, if you you do end up contributing or supporting... um, if, if you want, send me a uh, send me a message on Instagram too because I would love to uh, thank you personally. But you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the enjoy your weekend. I hope I was able to provide you a little Disney magic. Whether you're stuck in traffic, driving to work, you know, going to the gym, maybe doing some cardio, doing some yard work, uh, whatever it was. I hope I could uh, help you get through it because that's what I do. That's what I use podcasts for. Uh, I'm just like you guys. I'm a normal guy. Uh, who just likes to talk about Disney in his free time. So that's all I got. Until next week, always remember, it all started with a mouse.